Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful people in the business community from around our terrestrial orb. I am... Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And today, you are going to take an insider's view as we lay back the purse strings of nonprofits and scrutinize how nonprofits may enrich their beneficial missions by managing their funds just a wee bit better and tighter. And by Faith's great good fortune and her generous consent, uh, you will be guided through this fiscal tour by the Director of CFO Consulting Partners and Veteran Nonprofit CFO, Miss Eileen Sathalis. So, whether you are a dawn to dusk farmer supplying folks with the freshest meats statewide, like Tiago, or whether you are a brilliant uh, nonprofit president who's come up with uh, donor raising coups such as uh, Lonesome George, like Joanna. Just pull up your chair a little closer, join our Feast of Wisdom, which is all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. So, Eileen, I'm so glad you could break free. You tell me that you've just come from the New York State Society of CPAs Nonprofit Commission, right? Committee. And uh, so that's where you were? Yes, yes. Um, it, it's a great morning because you get to catch up on so many things and you know, just like uh, the uh, our Senate with making more and more tax rules every year, you know, uh-huh. the, uh, FASB seems to be able to make a lot of new rules for us or change their mind about old rules. Isn't <laughs> so, that nice? It's good to see. And, and they say your government isn't working. My goodness. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before we get carried away on that, and, and I, if, if we go there, we're, we're out of it. So, Eileen. You've served as chief financial officer for a, a score of companies, and I've heard you say that uh, in a for-profit, the CFO really has a, a strong last word, but she's got to be more of a consensus builder in nonprofits. So why is that so? Well, yes, Bart, first of all, thanks so much for asking me to be on your show. I'm very honored. Oh, well, so glad you <laughs> And. and uh, well, why is, it, why is it so? What happens is is that in a, in a for-profit company, you already have a written manual of internal procedures and separations of duties and all those good things that auditors like to see. So the CFO is the one that's really enforcing that on a day-to-day basis. But in a right, nonprofit, right, right. particularly the smaller nonprofits, many times they really don't have a written internal accounting policy and procedure manual. So now here we come along, and there's somebody like me walks through the door, and I say, you know, and the auditor's saying to me, where's the written policy and procedure? 
And <laughs> so now I've got to move everybody around. And they from, say, says what? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but now I have to move everybody around from this is the way we always do it to coming uh-huh. over to my side of thinking. So usually the way to do that is very nicely and thanking profusely the person who ended up doing this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and educating yes. them as to why it's really important. A lot of icing on this cake. Right. Oh. <laughs> so, well, but, you I, know, I, the I, bottom I, line the, the is... The way you're that, talking about this... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Well, well the, the bottom line is is that both profit, for-profit and non-profit boards need to know that the assets are safeguarded and that the finances mm. are managed with responsible stewardship. Yeah, yeah. And part of the way is having written written procedures. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I can, that is a safeguard that someone, even a donor from the outside would appreciate. I, just from the way you've told this, I have a feeling that you've got some eggshell walking consensus building tales within you. Have you got any that you'd like to share with us right now? <laughs> um, they would be kind of gory. They're really from sabotage. <laughs> Oh my! Oh Lord! Well, maybe maybe we have we have uh, enough of that in our election uh, battles. Why don't we move on and out of that? And and all right, we we'll just move on after this uh, brief and tempting nosh at today's feast of wisdom. Now allow me to fulfill my duties as proper host and lay before you a, a few utensils for furthering of today's feast. First utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of chief executive officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, uh, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you do a little due diligence on yourself and select that one ability that you really need to cultivate and maybe even disciplinize and take the first step? Or will you just assume that you are as perfect as your mother told you, and it's the rest of the world that requires improvement. The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, you need to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 102 best business quips books. Let's go to the end. Let's go to the end. Okay, oh, here's one, here's one. Uh, If you want to avoid corporate taxes or ethical inquiries, Flee to accommodating foreign shores. Here you may wing, mingle with scoundrels like yourself. <laughs> so, Eileen, do, 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 you uh, do you help scoundrel firms make these loose lodge shifts to, to foreign shores? <laughs> I, I am pretty vehemently opposed to them. <laughs> so, okay. no, I don't usually help them, although I have all of the education and knowledge base to do so. Ah, she could, but she has the ethics not to. My kind of woman. Well, as an afterthought, in accord with Mark Twain's drollery, go to heaven for climate, hell for society. Well, that may be true, but you just might want to remember that all those who exhibit no scruples tend to attract only the unscrupulous. And all in all, it's better to live and profit by the maxim that the easiest buck to make is an honest one. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips, which follows 101 Best Business Quips. Uh, anyway, 
get one, and you will have yourself a whole new quiver filled fill with social ammunition. You're going to be the green-eyed envy of all the chain gang at work, you clever-tongued rascal. So go get yourself a copy. And as your third utensil, uh, appropriately, we should entitle this the prodding fiscal discipline fork box. Uh, we proffer to you now the answer for last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who noted, life is a shipwreck, but we must not forget to sing in the lifeboats. I like that. Those words were spoken by none other than French Enlightenment philosopher Francois-Marie Aru, or as we know, his nom de plume, Voltaire. And later on in the show, blurting away comes yet another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scrawl down that sage's name as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So now, with utensils and hams, come gather some fiscal insights from CFO Eileen Sathalis as she slathers some wise counsel on us for governing nonprofits. Eileen, I've really always felt that nonprofits and for-profit companies are really basically alike when it comes to management. I mean, uh, nonprofits work to engender funds and use these funds to provide a service, as do nonprofits. Uh, the only the difference is that the nonprofit receives its funds from someone other than the person receiving the service. I mean, would you say that's a fair analysis from your CFO's perch? Um, very good. I'm going to borrow from Clara Miller, former president of Nonprofit Finance Fund, to help our listeners right. and the crew here in the studio understand the difference. It's a, it's a okay. cute little quip. It's a little like this. You're now back in the for-profit universe, having landed from Mars, and you're the owner of a restaurant. Your paying guest comes to pay the bill, offers a credit card, and prepares to sign the charge slip. But before signing, the guest says, I'm going to restrict my payment to paying for the one thing that makes a real difference here, the chef's salary. I don't want any of this payment to go for light or heat or your accounting department or other overhead. They are just not that important. <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> I, I, so what it, you're trying to say is we is is you can you can cut it, it, it from the scientific sliced. They look real similar from way up in Mars, but when you get the Land Rover right down here, it's a different world. That's right, a very different world. Mm. Well, now we both know that the the, the CFO uh, and the the nonprofit financial committee they do set the tone as you for responsible financial uh, accounting and, and records. Uh, and now uh, more than ever, uh, nonprofits are uh, tend to create wish, wish lists in place of budgets. You know, how does the CFO gently steer? the board and the leadership back onto the track of uh, fiscal responsibility? Well, the gentle steer happens well before the budget ever goes to the board. Uh, and okay. I, you know, it's, it's the senior program directors, the CFO, the development officer, and the executive director. After the executive director has taken a stab at getting the budget, they confer. 
Okay. Right. So what, an e- what should an executive director look, look for in developing a budget? Okay. She should look for, or he, should look to develop an annual budget with a commitment to its net financial result, whether surplus or a planned deficit, and then adjust ah. the spending during the year if income is not coming in to yield the desired result. So yeah. how do you do this? You use yeah. a, a rolling financial projection, mm-hmm. and you keep a reasonably structured budget from becoming a wishless budget into a good cash flow projection that helps you manage your shortfalls. And you, you, you can then, as you're doing this on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, you see what you need in order to pay for your overhead, pay for maybe that new staff person, or maybe a program isn't completely covering the cost to complete it. You're going to see that right away, and then you can yeah, take steps yeah. to raise more funds. Okay. So. Actually, I think that's that's very good, and there's one thing you said. I'd like to call a quill pen moment because it works throughout all business. Eileen has just put a timeless business truth out, and that is that she talked about a rolling assessment. You have to constantly assess where you are and adjust accordingly. You cannot come down with a fiat and contort the whole year to fix the plan that you made in January. So I'd like you all to dip your pens in the inkwell and write that down and take that one to heart. And I I know, Eileen, that uh, you believe, uh, conversely, that that the the CFO and and the fiscal leadership has to keep their eyes on the mission above all uh is it do do you see a lot of uh your your fellow fiscal leaders sort of falling into uh the the trap of being numbers crunchers or just donation mongers i mean is this a, a big thing that happens frequently well i i think that it does happen because you read about it in the literature but I always look at that as an area where a mission-driven nonprofit financial officer can shine because if he or she is able to communicate financial information to the staff and board in program terms and then turn around and help both the staff and the board understand the program story in financial terms, essentially having a knack to separate out aspiration from reality through financial analysis, that is a real it's it's a bonus for the organization. So that's that's the ultimate challenge, and those who can do it are going to be the ones who will not only win win for their own career, but win for the nonprofit as well. Right. Exactly. If you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download uh, this episode and all others by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. That's, that's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. Now, Eileen... Uh, one of the things that has become increasingly clear is that every donor uh, is more cautious and they want to see a responsible 
foundation or charity that's structured. I mean, so what, you've given us a few ideas, but what is something that the financial committee might do to make its, uh, its organization more attractive to donors more and more uh, <laughs> Bernie Madoff proof? <laughs> well, the, the area you can really start with is staff the finance function. And when necessary, you know, many of the smaller organizations don't, they can't afford a CFO on a full-time basis. However, they can afford a CFO on maybe 15 hours a month. And that CFO can then become a trusted partner for the CEO or executive director. And all the questions that they have that they can't possibly, they can't get an answer from their audit firms because that would be telling them how to run their their company, which they're supposed to be auditing. Sure, sure. <laughs> it, you know, it, we don't want that a whole lot. Uh, yes, it, it, it not only doesn't look good, but uh, audit committees tend to be very light on mission. Yeah, it, exactly. So, but <laughs> you know that starting out with a good finance fun- staff is a great way mm-hmm. to go. Um, have written internal accounting policies and procedures manual. Have a written right, investment right. policy, because if there had been a written investment policy, Bernie Madoff wouldn't have been quite so successful. Well, I'm going to ask you about that, uh, because, I mean, here you've got a very highly placed uh, financial official, uh, even uh, with, with SEC credits, and he was respected, and yet he seduced scores of, of very good charitable organizations with promises of a reasonably higher return on investment. And so here's my question to you. Were these charities being unwary, in your opinion? I mean, do you think this, or, or could this happen to anyone? Um, or would CFO Zathala say boldly, never on my watch? What's, what's, your, what's your take on that? I, my, my take is, is that what I think charities, foundations, and all of us should have is criteria for both the person and the firm we place investment money with. You know, right. the old adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Right. <laughs> and you always but have I like to your idea of having a policy. That's, if you know going in what you're looking for, if you yourself, I mean, you don't let the SEC set your investment policy. You do it yourself is what you're saying, right? Exactly. And really setting the investment policy is the responsibility of the board. Mm-hmm. And no, that's with so the that, wisdom from the CFO, I assume. Well, the CFO has a lot of input there, but I think a well-constructed board will have somebody who's who is either served as a CFO, has been a treasurer of a major organization, or maybe has has even been licensed uh, Series Seven where they have a lot of knowledge of different investments. You just need you, – you can't do everything yourself. No. So no. the reason you have a board is to help you out. All right. Well, I hope uh, all of you are grabbing uh, as many money-minded takeaways as, as I am. So, But with it all – Let's let's take a pause. Let's take a brief survey from this wise feast, if we may, and allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. 
and that is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing would like to invite you to look at the book, which has helped a great many women in their careers, entitled Behind Every Successful Woman is Herself. And this this is a gem of a guide. It embraces the thoughts of leading businesswomen, including, I might add, today's guest, who gave a great deal of this book. And it provides the techniques, the disciplines, the overall strategies, and important attitudes for ladies who want their careers and their ventures to give the old meteoric soar. It makes an ideal gift for the graduate who is on her way into the business community and starting out this September. So pick up your copy at bartsbooks.com bookstore. That's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And, oh, by the way, while you're there on the homepage of bartsbooks.com, don't forget to click on that blue mailbox on the homepage there. That will subscribe to Bart's Best business, um, yeah, Bart's best business quips, uh, which are absolutely free, and they send you a bit of laughter and a little bit of a wise afterthought, winging your way through the Enigma of Enigma email every week. So give that a shot, that and give that a shot. And while we're speaking of wise uh, afterthoughts and forethoughts, have <clears throat> have you ever wondered why some companies seem to sail smoothly through the revenue streams? Well, okay, perk your little gray sails to the counsel of Eileen Zathalis. As she continues her uh, revelations for nonprofit fiscal fitness, and Eileen, you had said that it's uh, one of the things is that the board is there to help, but uh, to take things to take matters into their own hands. So let's say here I am, Eileen. I, I've got my I've got my first time on a nonprofit board, and I want to be a fiscally responsible person, but I'm not really a CPA. Uh, <clears throat> What's a good way for me to garner some good applicable training for myself? Well, Bart, you could do what I did. Uh, the New York Junior League, a nonprofit oh. boards clearinghouse, they offer a five-week course training volunteers for nonprofit board memberships. Even better than that, when you've completed this, they open their list of nonprofits throughout the New York metro area who have said, we're looking for a board member. And it'll tell you what type of board member. And having completed their training, they would help put you forth if that's what you decided you wanted to do. So it'd make a happy board member. So you can get training before and after your your appointment if if you're seeking that. So it's also placement as well as the very, very necessary training that needs to go with it, right? Right, exactly. Give us the name of that once more. The New York Junior League has a okay. little non-profit boards clearinghouse. Wonderful. Now, um, I mean, I would, some, we, we've been talking quite a bit about uh, fiscal uh, fitness for, for non-profits. And I was just wondering, uh, could, you, could you hold up an example for us? Who's doing it right? Could, is there one or two foundations or charities who really are managing money wisely? And, and, and if so, what particular things are they doing? You know, I don't have one just off the top of my head, but typically when I hear about a charity or thinking of a charity to invest in, I mm-hmm. look to the rating charities that have popped up, like Charity Navigator, uh, Great Nonprofits, mm-hmm. and GuideStar. 
And oh, they, okay. they just have the best information out there, and you can get a great idea of who you really want to send your money off to. Okay. Well, now, conversely, is there anything, uh, if, if I as a donor, is, is there any red flag that I should notice? I mean, I notice that I've heard said that the, the uh, Cancer Society uh, is, is one that, that has a very low measurement of uh, the percentage of your donated dollar that actually ends up going to the mission. I, I know that's not, but generally, what are some good red flags for me as a donor to, to think about uh, in the financial realm? Well, what I think about always is kind of looking at what what their what they've how much of their donated funds are spent on the programs and fundraising and administration. I think what we need to look at first is what is the result of that particular program. Okay? And okay. if that result was a good result, then what we need to talk about is the results and what did it cost to get those results. So somewhat because okay. the Red Crosses the percentages have dropped in the past I don't know, maybe five or six years. And I think that perhaps they're not covering a lot of their overhead costs as much as they used to be able to. I see. So they have they that this is again something that you have to sort of watch and you and these numbers are pretty easy uh easily obtained, it seems to me, from the sources you've you've just given. Right. And, they are uh, well now one of the things, and, and I, I'm, I, it seems to me is if you are a good, fiscally responsible uh, company, and this is this could be a real attractive for donors and investors. Is it would it be a wise idea for for the um, investment arm of a charity to? put in something in the pamphlet or the pitch or the, the, the letters that go out, or is that out of place in your mind? Um, I think if, if it's well-drafted, it's not really out of place. You know, it, it's like if you were for-profit and you just mm-hmm. brought out the most stunning motor car, like a Tesla. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> new, new innovation, totally new innovation. And here you are, you're a non-profit. And let's say you've been working in social justice, and when you first started in a particular area, people thought about it. People said, yeah, this is a real problem, but nobody was doing anything about it. And now all of a sudden you've gone from a little rental in a basement (laughs) to being a national organization over the past five or ten years. So, yes, you should say our our donors – Money was well spent. It brought this mm-hmm. program from near obscurity into prominence, and we've been able to solve a lot of societal problems. We're on the way. Actually, what you just said right there would convince me to give more than dewy-eyed children uh, and, and photos uh, of that because you have said that my donor model has been well spent. And what you have done is you've spoken to me, the donor. You're not trying to tug at my heartstrings. You've said, look, here's a real, here's our good track record, 
and uh, again, if you do this, you will get this kind of result. So you, uh, so it is possible for the financial person to talk directly to uh, the donor in that way, I guess, right? Well, certainly the financial person would be adding to it, but certainly mm-hmm. the executive director and whoever was director of that particular program that you're saying we did a great job on, they would be the best at writing this up, but certainly the CFO would have some input into it. I know in nonprofits that I've been at as an interim CFO, um, I've been asked for my opinion on many of their projects. Right, right. Uh, well, I, it, it's obviously it's uh, money is the blessed sap of business, and it has to be spent appropriately and spent and spent properly. So, Eileen, uh, if someone has a nonprofit and or they need or or a for profit and they're looking for some wise uh fiscal counsel and financial help and investment how can they get in touch with you and uh get get some of your counsel they they could google my name because it's an unusual name and <laughs> I, I up up will pop my email address at cfo consulting partners dot com it's my first name with a dot, my last name, at CFO Consulting Partners, or they could jot down my cell, which is 551-486-4316. And I'd be delighted to talk with them. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And uh, before we go, I just have one more question for you. You and I were talking about uh, how on a military project uh that was just they that was being pushed through congress they managed to roll in a new nonprofit restriction this is part of our this is our, our government at work and um is i guess uh you have to be uh on, on the watch all the time for this sort of for, for new laws and changes all the time right Yes, absolutely. But fortunately, that's not my job. It comes to me through all the different organizations I belong to. Ah, and and there's a wise note, Eileen. You have left us with a wise point. Join your local organization. Go and attend. So I thank you very much for coming, and I hope we can have you back. You're very welcome, Bart. Thanks so much for asking me. I'm always delighted to talk with you. Oh, it is a fun. It's always fun. <laughs> uh, so as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotations. If you could kick the person in the pants responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't sit for a month. <laughs> and uh, as a hint as to the author of this one, this bully president was responsible for founding our national park system and telling the coal mine owners to clean up their act. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that author's name as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely power-thrusting, career-motivating gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if you're looking for a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't it about time you first began to build the tunnel? Uh, And to you, gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO uh, as much as Eileen and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. 
And remember, you may download this and all our shows at blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.